Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man back. It is uh, Gregory Wright Stone. He's a geologist. He is an author. He is the. Are you, uh, Greg? Are you the boss over the T, uh, the CO two uh, coalition? You're you're the, you're the guy, right? I'm the leader. Yeah, executive director. You know, yeah. I I love having you on. It's been it's been too long. I just noticed on my Skype that it's been since December. Let's not wait that long next time. Um, there's so much going on in your expertise. The book that he wrote is Inconvenient Facts. Make sure you go and get that. It's still available on Amazon. And every time we have you on, we, we sell a couple of books. And I hope more people will buy them because um, at the end of the day, you've got somebody in your family or somebody at work or somebody at school who is lying to you about what's happening with climate. And Greg sets it all out. He sets it straight. It's Gregory Wrightstone, Inconvenient Facts. Did you happen to see what John Kerry had to say yesterday in England? I did not. I've been so busy. I'm right, finishing up my second book and I've got other papers we're writing. No. Okay. I'd like to, I'd like to hear it. I think you've got a clip. There. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to play it, Greg, because when I saw this, I thought, and I said this on the air live. I said to to my team, get right stone because this is what John Kerry wants us to believe. This is a very important point. The the, the the climate crisis is growing by the day. You just saw have reported on what happened in New York, all around the world. There are record breaking days where the heat is greater than it's ever been before. This will be the hottest June and July. It'll be the hottest summer. It'll be the hottest year. And we all know that because the science is telling it to us and because Mother Earth is responding by telling us exactly what's going on. Any of that true? Is the hottest June um, and July yeah. on record, the hottest we've ever had? Mother Earth is telling us, Greg. Yeah, well, Mother Earth must be lying to us because <laughs> the science, the facts, and the data. Don't. I just, I just, well, research, number one, last week, Texas was in a heat wave. Never before like it. I went back and we looked at the, United States Historical Climate Climatology Network data it goes back to 1895. It's NOAA data, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Right. I looked at their data, and they show that uh, the hottest temperatures in Texas were in the 20s, well, actually the 1930s. We looked at the temperature records for the entire United States, and again, if we take if we take a look, the hottest temperatures were in the 1930s, almost 100 years ago when CO2 levels were at very low levels. And so uh, it's it's completely false. And this notion of a climate crisis is absolute poppycock, absolute bunk. There is no climate crisis. And Joe, let me tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I've not told anybody what, what the name of my new book that will be published in two months is, but I'm going to do it here. Great. The title is A Very Convenient Warming, How Modest Warming and More CO2 Are Benefiting earth and humanity i love it what i see is just a earth's ecosystems and humanity are prospering and thriving because of a little bit of warming which has historically been good 
and more CO2. And we should celebrate that. No, I, and and I, I certainly we do. We talked about CO2 and the importance of it last time. I don't want to get into that in earnest again in a second. Is Gregory Wright Stone. He's executive director of CO2 Coalition. They've got a new learning center. It's a, a brand new educational site. It is CO2LearningCenter.com. And uh, go there and check it out. We'll get into that in, in a second as well. So when, when John Kerry comes out and says something like that, He's not even basing it off of, hey, in the past 30 years we've seen. He, Greg, yesterday, I don't have it part of the clip, but he literally said, in just the last three weeks alone, we've learned what's happening with climate change. I thought climatological, uh, climatological change was something that you had to pace over years and years and decades and millennia and centuries. He's talking about three weeks' time and he knows everything? Exactly. And, and that's because what they're doing is linking everything that's unusual. Usual things happen all, all the time. It's unusually cold one place, unusually hot another. When we saw during the Texas heat wave, it was uh, they were nearly record-breaking cold in the northwest of the United States. Nobody talked about that. All they do is they want to they want to focus on where it's hot. And if you look actually globally uh, during that same time, uh, we had almost normal temperatures globally. Uh, and, but yeah, it was hot in Texas. It was hot in southern parts of the United States. Uh, but this is a, this is a global. We're going to take a look at global temperatures. It's I mean, after all, it's Texas. It's the summer, and it's hot. Yeah. It's not that unusual. And, and you're you're there in San Antonio. You're in right. Texas. You know, it gets hot every summer. There. Well, well, it does. And I'll tell you this. And I did not think this was a global cooling or warming trend, but. In May and June in Texas, we had more rain than I've seen in a long time. We had cooler temperatures than we expected for that time of year. Now, as I sit here uh, talking to you, right this second, it's 98 degrees where I happen to be, and that's normal. Not only is that normal, that might be a couple of degrees cooler than normal uh, in July in Texas. We expect this every single year. Greg, I've lived, I've lived here in Texas almost 20 years. And in the 20 years that I've been here, we have triple digits every single summer. There's nothing new here. So why is it that they want to uh, cherry pick Floods in upstate New York and wildfires somewhere in Montana or Texas has triple-digit heat. What are they, what's the goal, do you think? Because I don't think there's enough, uh, enough electricity for us all to go off of all these other power sources and to stop driving you know, internal combustion engines. And now electricity has to be generated somewhere. Do you th- I know that it's not really your job and you don't really do this political stuff, so I'm not going to ask you about politics. But what is the goal? What source of energy do they want us to use? And is it abundant enough? Why they're doing it is they they need to establish a climate of fear. Fear is one of the greatest motivators, along with hunger, isn't it, of people to get people to do things. And why would we voluntarily pay double or triple for our energy costs, for our electricity, for I was going to say gasoline, but we're not going to be driving gasoline cars if if they have their way. Why would we voluntarily voluntarily give up our freedoms to choose what car to drive? How much water comes out of our shower? What stoves to buy now? Just yesterday, washing machines are on their in their uh, headlights. We're giving up. Why would we give up our freedoms to choose, unless climate crisis and apocalypse is, is just around the corner? And so they need to convince us that that things are bad and getting worse, and the actuality is things are really good and getting better. And that's actually that's, that's the title of a new paper we just sent to print today. American Midwest and climate change. America's breadbasket is doing well and getting better. And that's that's the story we see uh, time and again. Uh, Joe, we've got a a special statewide report on Texas we just started. Uh, We've done a series of these. 
Uh, we'll be a couple months away from having that ready. And we're going to take a look at the what's going on with climate data in Texas. We've seen every other place we've looked at, every other state and region, we see that agriculture is breaking records year after year. We see that precipitation it has increased across the nation. We know that that's the way it is globally, an increase in precipitation, which is good. Farmers love it. Growing seasons are lengthening. Yeah. We can go on and on about all these benefits we see that are accruing not only to humanity, but for Earth's ecosystems. It's, it's, it's the untold story of the late 20th and early 21st century, that of a thriving Earth. It's uh, Gregory Wrightstone. He's the executive director of CO2 Coalition. You can go to CO2Coalition.org and see what they do, see the study, see, see all of that. The Learning Center is CO2LearningCenter.com. It's a brand-new educational site. Uh, last time you were on, you made it very clear that CO2 is good. Having more CO2 means that the plants get to, get to eat more, or get to breathe more, that they get to put off more oxygen than we need. How is that not better for our ecosystem as a whole to have more CO2? Um, you, you know, you had Al Gore lie about the greenhouse effect, and ni- there were 19 factual uh, misrepresentations in that movie that he did. Um, so more CO2 is good. Can you very simply tell me why? Wait a minute. You, when you think back to middle school science, you had a you learned about photosynthesis. What yes. do we need for photosynthesis? Water, sunlight, and uh, carbon dioxide. And the more carbon dioxide, the better. What are what's their plan? They just announced last week they're looking at geoengineering to block the sun using aerosols. So that'll decrease crop growth from blocking the sun. They want to reduce CO2 in the atmosphere, which will inhibit plant growth. And the third leg of this. Uh, because of uh, it's dangerous, they want to get rid of nitrogen fertilizers. We came, we started using a lot of nitrogen fertilizer in the 1950s, early 50s, and it's responsible for some 30% of crop growth since then. And they want to, what they're going to do, what they're, if they go through with what they're planning, it's going to lead to crop failure, famine, pestilence, and mass depopulation. That's this is an anti-human agenda that they're that they're pushing. Everything they're doing is contrary. Agriculture, it's not, there aren't too many people in it anymore, but it's one of the most important things we have in this country. Of course. Uh, we all rely on bountiful crop yields. And what they're doing is, what everything they're doing will restrict it. And I, I don't know many electric-powered John Deere harvesters out there. Uh, uh, maybe they'll, they better start working on that if they want to go to, net zero and, and also the electricity generation i just looked uh, it doesn't sound like much but if we go fully electric it will increase electric demands in this country by six percent and that again that doesn't sound like a lot right but it's like that's, that's a huge number of terawatts that need to be created uh over and above what we are right now uh and we just don't have it there and not only that they want to set, set these wind turbines and solar panels up uh in in faraway installations or require uh, electrical transmission systems going across uh, farms and, and, and just a lot of things that they're doing is just going to be contrary. And again, it, I consider it anti-human agenda.
Well, I agree with you. I think mass depopulation is something that, that many people won't talk about. But then when you hear the WEF speak and the globalists speak, they literally say there are too many people on the planet. And, and they're saying that for a reason. They want there to be fewer people on the planet. And you can starve them. You can talk them into aborting babies or whatever you want to do. But they are looking to, de- to depopulate. Let me ask you about some kitchen table uh, issues that people watching and listening want to know. And it's Gregory Wrightstone. Get his book, Inconvenient Facts. His second book is coming out soon. And when it comes out, let's have you back on again. Let's push that very hard as well. You go to CO2 coalition.org is my gas stove really killing my children is that really greg this is we've had gas stoves forever and i don't remember anybody dying inside their house other than maybe they started a fire by accident uh, because of a gas stove i mean is that really a thing no think what happens when you burn methane you get water vapor and co2 right and they're they're contending that that the other thing that comes out is this thing it's called pm 2.5 particulate matter that's 2.5 microns or less. Well, there's never been one epidemiological study that links it, actually actually links it. There are models that link it to, to problems. Uh, in fact, we just today, Center for Printing, a new study by Dr. Inder Golkhani, a member here at the CO2 Coalition, uh, he compared PM 2.5 in the five most po- uh, polluted nations on Earth, Bangladesh, India, uh, Pakistan, China, uh, and related this micro pollution PM 2.5 yeah. uh, to mortality, and there's no linkage at all. Uh, so they're they're striving. They're, they make up things in order to get this uh, this. Uh, it's an anti-fossil fuel agenda. Uh, and again, an anti-human agenda that they're pushing. And we act like fossil fuels somehow are something that man created to pollute the air. Fossil fuels, I believe, I'm not sure what your religious beliefs are, but I'll say it. I believe given by God for us to use as energy and for whatever else we need to use it for. Why, why abandon that? Is there something, some study, Greg, that I haven't seen that suggests fossil fuels are what's killing us, harming our babies, harming our food, um, fossil fuels. They're, they're, back in the day, it wasn't as clean as it is now. They, liquefied natural gas is a problem, really. I thought we were going to have buses that were running on that. Now we're talking about going full electric. Is there some study that you can cite that says fossil fuels are bad? Here's why. Not one. And uh, well, there are a lot of studies that's crazy, that document the many benefits. And again, oddly, uh, we, we just sent to print another paper today by Dr. Andrew Dirkolkani. The title is uh, Fossil Fuels Are the Greenest Energy Source There Is. I love it. And he, That's great. And he just great. he says, you know, look at this. We're, we're By burning fossil fuels and using fossil fuels, uh, we're providing a life-giving gas that's, that's fueling crop growth, fueling forest growth, and fueling grassland growth. And we should celebrate that. And he goes through it in detail. And if you, you could go to the CO2coalition.org and just Google Goklani go or, or Greenest Energy. Okay. And you, you can find it there. It's a wonderful document, uh, just documenting the many benefits of, of how fossil fuels are benefiting. And to think about it, too, fossil fuels provide uh, nitrogen-based fertilizer that we're using. And, and it also provides uh, the pesticides. People think about pesticides being as bad, but we really do need the agricultural sector uh, needs pesticides, and that's that's fuel from uh, 
fossil fuels as well. Of course. And I love that. I mean, we did not discuss this. This is just serendipitous. I had no idea that that was written today. Go to the CO2coalition.org, CO2coalition.org, and go and go see that paper and everything that they do. Let's talk of the time we have remaining. It's Gregory Wrightstone. He wrote the book called Inconvenient Facts. The new book is coming up. Maybe you'll give us the title again in a second. But if you don't mind, tell me, what is the CO2LearningCenter.com? You, we go there and we can start to to, to de-indoctrinate uh, ourselves from what it is we've been seeing on social media and at a big Hollywood, big music, and big media? I'm so proud of what we've been able to do. Uh, a year or so ago, we had members that were very disturbed about the, the state of science teaching in America. We we're teaching indoctrination and groupthink, not the scientific method, or, or uh, wouldn't use the scientific method to determine this. Uh, and so we set about uh, doing something about that in the CO2LearningCenter.com is the result. We have uh, books, we have videos, uh, we have also importantly we have lesson plans. If you've got homeschoolers, uh, it's it's going to blow up. We just launched it just this week, and it's it is awesome. It was done. Uh, the the videos are anime style. The books are manga style. It's like anime. Smart of our talented Brazilian artist. Uh, and we had, a, we had a committee of 18, uh, you'd think these guys were, and, and women were eggheads. They're almost all PhDs in physics and chemistry and, you know, and else. And what they did is spectacular. The kids love it. Uh, the books are wonderful. Uh, every, all the kids love, book number two is called Simon the Solar Powered Cat. Love it. And it talks about fun photosynthesis. And then we have Dr. Sharon Camp created the lesson plans that go along with this. And it's it's about a 20-page lesson plan for homeschool parents or charter schools. Good luck getting in the in the public school system. Yeah. But uh, it's our daughter homeschools my grandchildren. Uh, she thinks they're just wonderful. And uh, or it's, it's going to be a great resource uh, for uh, parents and educators around the, the country. So it's co2learningcenter.com. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful, uh, resource, uh, check it out. It's, uh, uh, it was a labor of love. It's been a year in the making and, uh, it's just rolled out really just yesterday. I'm so glad you're doing it too. Go to CO2learningcenter.com and learn about that. Uh, give me the title of your next book again. We've, we've got it. We're just about out of time, but I want people to know what the title is and when can they pre-order? Do we know yet? Uh, I'm this close. Okay. I'll be going. And hopefully we'll be, it'll be September. A very convenient warming. How modest warming and more CO two are benefiting Earth and humanity. I love it. Uh, Gre- Gregory Wrightstone. He is a geologist. He's an expert on this stuff. Uh, go read his book, um, Inconvenient Facts. Thanks for jumping in the chair as, as uh, on short notice. I had to have you on. I actually said it on the air yesterday. Got to get Wrightstone on, and thank you for doing it. Thank you, uh, Greg. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe. Hi, right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Always appreciate having uh, Gregory Wrightstone on. It's Wrightstone, W R I G H T S T O N E. 
Uh, go and uh, get his book, Inconvenient Facts. We'll have him back on when the next book is coming out. Don't forget, Instagram is over 200,000 now. So by the numbers, I've checked the population. More Americans are following me on Instagram than aren't. I think that's true, right, Carrie? No, that's not true, actually. Oh. But mm-mm. Sorry, I, I, might have, I might have dropped to zero and didn't carry the Y. All right, keep it here. We're coming back. This is the Joe Pegg Show.